0: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD, and I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So, today we're going to talk about on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy the sex rules, the sex rules that people make up that limit, <laughs> usually limit sex. Well, yeah, right? rules.
2: I don't know if I'm ever a fan of rules around sex, <laughs> but they're there. I mean, because we're talking about implicit rules, rules, covert rules, unspoken rules, right? Or, is right. They, or do you feel no, like I, they I are sometimes or they're, they're explicit, spoken? They right? Like okay.
0: I was thinking of the woman who said, you know, I can never have sex when my parents are in the next room. So oh, I, I can't yeah. have sex when I'm visiting my in-laws. I can't have sex when your parents are visiting, when my parents are visiting.
2: When there's anybody else in the house besides just us. Yeah.
0: No sex when the children are awake. Oh, okay. Ever heard of that one? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, all those kinds of funny rules.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, those ones are, are spoken out or spoken aloud a lot. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah, I suppose there are covert rules as well.
2: Yeah. I think, I think we could talk about each one because mm-hmm. there are some unspoken rules about sex that just develop over time. Maybe right. about positions or how right. we for uh, about foreplay, about how we go about having sex, where we have sex. Yes, um, that just get ingrained and we don't we may not ever talk about them, but they're there and they're just not talked about. Yeah, do you think rules in this case are similar to expectations around sex or you think they're I different? I do,
0: I do, I think it's similar. It might not be an absolute rule, but it might be like, I don't want to have sex if I feel fat. It's a rule, right? I, yeah. I'm not gonna. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't want something. I don't want sex for some reason or another.
2: Yeah, and that becomes very limiting. It right? does. It, it,
0: yeah, we're it, talking about the rules that limit sexual expression.
1: Yeah, um, all
0: the crazy things in our mind that you know why we can't have sex. But I would say that. You know, probably there are listeners out there who are thinking, "I don't have any rules whatsoever about sex anywhere, anytime, any place." <laughs> you know, yeah. it's only my partner who has rules.
2: <laughs> and that's that's just not true, isn't it? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I mean, I think we all have these rules about how and when and where and mm-hmm. uh, with what, and just like, I mean, there's just. It's just i think it's very natural for us to have these things that these boundaries and limits that we put on them some of them are good but a lot of them limit sexual expression and mm-hmm. um, and i
0: don't think it's always the woman who No, has absolutely the rules. not. No. I think there are men out there who have roles too. In fact, recently one of my patients was talking about how he did not like playful sexual talk at the breakfast table when his children were there and Mm. it wasn't that she was saying things like you know hey hubba hubba that was great last night but she'd just make innuendo that you know she thought her children were too young to really understand but that wink wink he would know Mm. but he was like having none of that yeah it's like you know when I'm with the kids not in my sexual self do not like that cannot tolerate that it was Mm. a rule yeah no talking about sex at the breakfast table
2: oh yeah so how do we begin to kind of understand what those rules are? Where do, where do we begin to kind of unravel that, to take mm-hmm. some of those limits off of them? Because some of them are really ingrained mm-hmm. in people and very very inflexible. I mean, that's the nature of rules, right? Mm-hmm. is that they are is that they are inflexible. So how do we begin to start to unravel some of that?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I think that right, when we encounter a rule, some sort of conversation with our partner about getting their perception, their perspective on it. Hmm. Uh, okay, so you you feel like I've gone too far when I talk about sex at the breakfast table. You know, Is there anything that I can say where I can express to you my enjoyment hmm. of what happened the night before that would not make you feel like our privacy was being violated yeah. or that the children were being – Unduly exposed to something.
2: Yeah. So that's trying to understand what the rule is trying to do. Yeah, what, what the is rules, the rule trying to do? What is it trying to accomplish? Uh-huh. So, like, no sex when the in laws are in town, and then the next room, or no sex when the children are there. Or sex having to have the door locked about sex. What yeah. is that about? Is that yeah. about just not wanting to be exposed? Is that about uh, being afraid that they're you're going to be heard or that I, you're? I, there. I think that
0: that's isn't it. That we all somewhat have trouble being sexual beings and thinking that either side of the generational gap realizes that. Mm. You know, if our children realize we're sexual beings, somehow or another, I think that makes us selfish. Mm. You know, I'm taking time just for me that is not about you. And I think as a good parent, you know, we think we should be always available to our children. Yeah, and, and just the idea, like we think maybe. I mean, certainly we don't want to tell our children we're going upstairs and we're having sex. I mean, yuck. Yeah, you know that would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about the mother or the father who can't put a lock on the door. Hmm. You know, they they won't do that. Or right with the in laws there, we don't want our mothers to know that we're actually sexual beings, or our fathers. Yeah, God forbid. God forbid. To think that daddy's little girl or daddy's little boy well, you know, hopefully actually more fathers probably approve of Yeah. Their well son I mean I think for sexual. I think
2: it's I think it's the the opposite for, for men like one want their mothers to, to know to know or to mm-hmm. think of them in that way or mm-hmm. to Yeah, I mean I I think there's there's some of that. I mean I think with the kids' one too, it's it's not just taking time away. I think it's fear that we're gonna expose them to something that they're not ready for at too young an age. Sure, sure. You know. And I think some of that's appropriate, but some of that is is in the sense of our kids, as they begin to become aware of of sex and aware of um, those things in the world, that we we want them to know that there's a way to be sexual and be in for it to be healthy in a relationship, and we're passing and, and we're passing that on and intimate. Mm-hmm. And so, to be scared of exposing that to them is also is also not exposing them to uh, the healthy side as well.
0: Right, right, or mm-hmm. be scared that they'll catch you kissing in the kitchen mm-hmm. or something. I yeah. mean, that that to me, it's like children should. Yeah. you know have some exposure to their parents love life on a very limited basis I'm talking yeah. about I'm not talking about something inappropriate but know that their parents like to be affectionate with each other and kiss each other occasionally mm. and have private time and yeah. that may mean they go out to dates with each other yeah. or that they go to their bedroom and we don't know what they do in their bedroom they say they're watching TV yeah you know this is our time this is our Friday night you stay downstairs or you you know the babysitters putting you to bed but we just we're just taking our time you know, private time.
2: Yeah. What do you think about the other side of that generation gap about our parents? Like, what is that? Yeah. What is the, what's the fear? I mean, and besides just being uncomfortable, like, uh, and about I think that, the holidays
0: are coming. So yeah. this is going to come up for a lot of people. Yeah. People are traveling for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for Hanukkah, you know, big gatherings are about to happen. And so families are tossed together and there's this romantic, time of year, we have time off, but then the in-laws are in town and, you know, maybe your partner doesn't want to be sexual or you Mm -hmm. don't want to be sexual because your parents are there. Yeah. What do I think that's about?
2: Uh, Well, I mean-
0: I think it's totally crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I was just thinking that, yeah, I think it's crazy. I think one of the things that it's denying though is- I think we also don't want to think about our parents as being sexual. Right. And so right. – and I think the the thing that that is really limiting for us is that we then don't incorporate sex healthily into the aging process.
0: Exactly. And so – Or into the – you know, into ourselves as husbands and wives, right? That that image, we see our parents as asexual, and so we don't see ourselves as sexual. And we can't imagine that our parents think of us and acknowledge and know that we're sexual, Mm. right? Yeah, We don't want them to hear us.
2: Yeah, because somehow that still, I think that still plays back to something we've talked about a lot, is that it makes sex really dirty. Mm-hmm. And something mm-hmm. that's that's shameful, rather than the, something, something to, that's, healthy that's healthy and and, and pleasurable and, and, and should be of, experienced. in right, part, part of the life. holiday. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: And so, I think that kind of broadening, at least talking about where that rule comes from, mm-hmm. begins to kind of broaden that and begin to expand that, rather than limit it.
0: I, I also think there are rules that become a little more explicit, like don't have sex on her period, mm. or no oral sex, or there's rules that people, lines that people have drawn that become like rule bound, right? They yeah. We're not going to cross that. I already know you don't want that. So then they don't experiment. And it might be a rule has been made without a conversation. Mm.
2: Yeah. And so those are harder to spot. Aren't they? I mean, because those are just the ones, as we talked about, those covert rules that have just become ingrained. And so, I think that's the question to ask: like, what are our un- unspoken rules mm-hmm. around sex to begin to identify that? And those, I mean, obviously, those. If if, it's, if one is no oral sex, you're not having oral sex, and right. so that's become a, that's become a rule for you. Would you agree with I that? That that's agreed. one of the ways to to yeah, spot to those. Spot that rule. Spot that rule.
0: Yeah, not having it. Yeah.
2: Or something yeah. that's happening over something that's happening but over and over again. But you might not know again.
0: why your partner feels that way. Yeah. You know, it might be it might be misunderstanding, mm-hmm. or might be well, we're not. I'm not giving oral sex because you're not giving oral sex. Mm. You know, I mean, that's a crazy rule.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. It, so even the act of just identifying those and speaking them out loud begins to have that become part of the conversation mm-hmm. to be able to understand that more.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Any other sexual rules that you've heard of or thought of? When you think of your patients,
2: I think that a lot of them do center around frequency. They center around. So, when like it's we okay. had sex,
0: uh, we already had sex, so we don't have to have sex for four more days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had sex this week. I don't have to do it again for another week. Yeah, you have that kind of rule.
2: That's right. Or yeah. you know, that's usually
0: one person's rule. That's
2: usually <laughs> that's usually one person's rule. But they may not. I guess maybe they they don't have to be shared. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they may not be shared rules. It may be just on one person's part. But we think that our partner is in agreement with that rule when they're really not.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Which exactly. again, emphasis has more emphasis on why we should talk about it.
0: Families have a lot going on. Good. Well, let's come back to this. You're listening to Lori Watson, sex therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. We'll be back.
1: Wanting Sex Again How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist, Lori Watson.
0: Technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy.
1: Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori Watson. Awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible.
2: It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find
1: hope again. Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling.
2: I work with a wide variety of issues including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is
1: available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy
2: to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room.
1: Schedule today and rediscover hope.
2: You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net.
0: with 4 Radio Sex Therapy, sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. And we are talking about sex rules.
2: Yeah, and you know, Lori, one thing that occurred to me in the break is that I wonder if there's a distinction between we talked about kind of looking at what function the rule is serving. Like, what's the rule doing mm-hmm. in the, the, the relationship? Benefit? What's mm-hmm. the benefit? But I wonder, too, if there's some rules that just happen that it might be worth examining how did the rule develop in the first place okay did it develop from a bad experience Uh was it was you know like did something like trauma oh sure trauma yeah Yeah, absolutely you know Um, I had some clients that he was really abused and so one he was sexually abused one of the things that happened was his abuser grabbed his penis a lot Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. And like that's something that he recalls very vividly Mm -hmm. and so when his partner went to touch him Mm -hmm. like you know that was it became a rule he said no don't do that yeah yeah you know and so that became a rule in the relationship that she doesn't touch him you know right
0: exactly i mean certainly trauma-based rules happen quite frequently right i You know, this happened to me. I was molested in this way as a child. I can't do that position. I mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. So things are basically unconsciously uh, lines that can't be crossed. Otherwise, they'll re-trigger the trauma. Sure. You know, I'll I'll fall apart. I'll disintegrate. I will go into that terror space mm-hmm. of remembering it all happening again. That, yeah. that makes sense to me. However, I, I really believe that true healing And working that through can free a couple and a person to have more flexibility and freedom in the actual moment.
2: Yeah. Or maybe there wasn't trauma. Maybe it was just a bad sexual experience. Mm All right. Mm -hmm. And so it developed into a rule for the person that mm-hmm. to have good sex, I don't do X.
0: Right. You know, right.
2: maybe there was a position that they tried where it just went horribly wrong. So then yeah. they don't ever try that position again. Yeah.
0: I had a man tell me that the first time he gave a woman oral sex, she like squinched up her face. Uh, you know, and for all he knew, because he was young and didn't ask her, it could mean she was squinching up her face in pleasure. Yeah. You know, but he didn't interpret he didn't it that know, way. He didn't interpret it. He didn't ask. He didn't know. Mm. But basically, he didn't give oral sex after that. Yeah. You no, know, because he thought he wasn't good. At, he didn't know why. Yeah. But, I mean, it became an internal, unconscious rule. Don't do that. You mm. know?
2: And then the other one I was thinking of was maybe it became a rule because it was a family rule that got passed down uh-huh. about maybe maybe like one we were talking about earlier is that you never talk openly about sex. Right. Uh, so, do, so there's no, there's no dirty talk. Yeah. There's no... There's no playful banter about sex uh-huh. And there's no at informative
0: all. talk. Yeah. That you might actually be able to coach your partner in the way you like it. That's right. Because you are never to talk about it.
2: Yeah. And that may have been just a family rule that your yeah. your parents had, spoken or not spoken, and it got passed down and you just kinda went with it because that was your understanding.
1: And, and if at we could see
0: hands out there of our listeners, don't Heather, you believe that about 80% of them at least oh, would raising be raising their hands, their hands saying, yeah, oh, we, we never yeah. talked about sex, not in any real way other than don't do it or mm. use a condom or right. don't get somebody pregnant. That's right. Yeah. So all the never, rest-
2: all the restrictions. And I mean, that's the thing we talk about. The rules became our restrictions. And so most of the time the talk from our parents was all around restrictions around
0: sex. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's an important point that this has become a rule is probably something that is negative. Yeah. Yeah, I had a couple though that they were really playful and they were fun. And what they did is they said whoever initiates like gets to choose the TV show that night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That was their explicit rule. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, they were. That was a much healthier rule. (laughs) A much healthier rule. How do you see couples beginning to develop healthy rules around sex? What are the things Mm -hmm. that they have to do to begin to for rules not to be restrictive? right?
0: Right, like more like guidelines about yeah what brings us close, what gives us pleasure, Hmm. uh, those kinds of things. I I mean, I I suppose in some ways breaking free of Hmm. some of the rules and having an expression that is, you know, is not bound by these restrictions but is like sex is a time of exploration and and just pleasure. Or I guess I feel like the rules are nearly always going to be negative. Hmm. So to have, a, to have a good rule might be, you know, something explicit, something playful, like, okay, afterwards, we're going to tell each other within 24 hours the best thing we liked about that experience. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, something that adds to the fun. It's sort of like, you know, putting in bed at the end of every fortune cookie, you know, when you eat yeah, yeah. the fortune cookie, <laughs> you're supposed to say in bed at the end of it.
2: Yeah. So it sounds like one of the things that is, is that good sex rules are going to promote healthy sex. And it's yes. gonna it's gonna lean into your sexual relationship rather than pull you away, sure, um, from the experience, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, a good a good rule adds to the experience rather than takes away from it,
2: right? And, and I think this takes a, a good amount of courage for couples to begin to talk about some of this, right? Like I imagine that couple that you said that had the rule that whoever. Had SEC, or whoever initiated, got to choose the TV show that night. Yeah. I mean, that they, they worked up to that place where they were able to be that playful sure. and that fun with each other where that wasn't. They were beginning to develop those rules that were mm-hmm. that were liberating for them rather than right. restricting.
0: And I, I think another thing I thought of when you were talking about the list of things that why people develop rules, I think some of it is self-protective you know like the woman who says i can't have sex tonight because i feel too fat mm. i mean she's really protecting a vulnerability i what i really am saying is i don't want to have sex and you to reject me yeah you know that's that's really what she's saying not i mean i feel too fat it's like i'm afraid you're going to think i'm too fat is what she's really saying Yeah, which is ironic when he's wanting to have sex yeah or vice versa you yeah. know she wants to have sex and and a lot of men these days are self-conscious about their weight you know, and he's saying, I, I can't have sex tonight because I ate too much or whatever.
2: Mm. Again, that just goes back to something we say a lot about being willing to to risk there. Mm-hmm. I think talking about your either explicit or implicit sex rules requires you to risk some for a fuller sexual experience.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would start with the family, yeah. right? I would start with a conversation about what what were the rules in your family? Yeah. I mean, I would love people to go home today and ask each other that. Right? What were the rules ask your partner family? what yeah. were the rules in your family regarding sex? Was yeah. it talked about? What were what were the suggestions? Was there mm. you know were your body parts named? You yeah. know how how restrictive? How silent? How well, open what, was it?
2: What was the if you ha- if there was a conversation a birds and the bees conversation? What age did it actually happen in? Exactly. You know, if it was waited if if your parents waited until you were a teenager to actually have that conversation after you already knew, then that, send, <laughs> that sends a message as well, right? Yeah.
0: And I speaking of which, I just had a conversation with my ladies group at church about this. Hmm. And I mean, we were all talking about how young children are who are exposed to sexual content. Yeah. whether if it's on television or pornography or they go to their friend's house I mean it's just hideously young so yeah. you definitely want to get there first with your conversation and with your you know framework about what's good what's sweet what's yeah. important about sex get to your children but i I think in some ways what we're talking about is Taking a sexual history with our partner. Right? Yeah. What What did your family say? And then again, you know, what experiences did you have? Was there anything traumatic that happened that I might not know about? Mm. I mean, I often have people in session who have been married for a number of years reveal trauma to their partner for the first that time. They didn't
2: know about. Yeah. yeah. And I think off of that conversation, then you you begin to know like maybe. There are some rules that are restrictive that are needed to keep your partner safe, mm-hmm. that you can have some more understanding of, mm-hmm. that hopefully even, they may begin to work through. But maybe right now, if they had trauma, say, around oral sex, yeah. like maybe right now the rule is no oral sex until there's some healing around that. That your partner can then begin to move into, but it gives some more understanding to the rule. So it takes some of the sting out of it Mm -hmm. when your partner, for instance, rejects oral sex Mm -hmm. after when you understand there's been trauma around that area. That's why they're rejecting. It's not rejecting of me as a person. It's just a rule that needs to be in place for now.
0: Yeah. And I think our listeners particularly are probably people I imagine who want to learn and grow about Mm -hmm. sex. So they're the ones who are probably more frustrated by the rules in their relationship regarding sex. Yeah. You know, they they have a partner who maybe has more rules. It, I mean, I imagine that's who the listener is. Yeah. You know, you can tell us otherwise and please do. We know some of you are listening together which delights us and we're yeah. happy about that, but so for that frustrated person, I think I think we talk about this a lot, but you have to be in a space where you can ask your partner that is not agended. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have your total agenda here. It's true curiosity. Oh, about, yeah. well, you know, you say that when we come home and we've had too much to drink or it's too late or or whatever it is, these things, we can't have sex during that time. So tell me about that. You yeah. Know, it's like, well, I mean, I'm too tired. I'm too full. That makes some sense. But yeah. oftentimes those rules get, you know, so that you can only have sex five minutes on Friday night between, you know, 7.55 and 8, hmm. you know, before the TV show starts, right? You yeah. can't have sex after the TV show starts. I mean, there's all kinds of craziness out there.
2: I love the word that you use, Lori, curiosity. If, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about these sex rules that you have, be curious uh, w- with your partner around that. I, I, I can't emphasize that enough that how much that that begins to make the change the scope of the conversation and the mm-hmm. context of the conversation. I mean, it takes blame out of it. It takes it, it takes so many. Uh, it takes aggression out of it, yes. out of the conversation. Hostility. Um, the hostility. Yeah. It puts your partner at ease. Just be curious about how this rule makes sense for them. This right. rule. The rule somehow makes sense for your partner. Right? Yeah. I
0: mean, I would say curiosity is the answer to most disagreements. Yeah. Right. If we can bring a true sense of wonder about, okay, why are you the way you are? Mm. Not, why are you not the way I want you to be? But yeah. just why are you that way? Yep. You know, what are you today? Like, right, th- this is going out during a political year, Oh my you know, so. asking, I mean, we have, I have partners who are broken up over their differences in politics right yeah. now. You know, and it's, it is such a difficult conversation, but having a conversation about why did you vote that way? Or why mm. are you voting that way? Or, Um, Mm. You know, all of that with some curiosity. We want the aisles to cross, right? We want everybody in Congress to get along and the Senate to to understand each other's point of view. At least we could begin here. Yeah. And I I think that curiosity in the bedroom where it's so intimate and so Mm. important is very healing.
2: Yeah, and that's going to bleed over into other, like you're saying, into other disagreements that the couple's having too. If you can have it around this topic and something like you're saying that is so intimate— you're going to be able to have it in other places too. Right. And you're going to be possibly be able to discover other rules in your relationship outside of the sexual ones that are restricting your relationship in general, yes. um, which is going to be so freeing.
0: Yeah. So our question of the day for four play radio sex therapy is ask your partner about their sexual history.
2: Yeah, ask them about those sex rules.
0: Exactly. And what are the rules that have developed over the, <laughs> for
2: for those things?
0: Right. Thanks. You've been listening to Lori Watson, sex therapist, and Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. We're here with Foreplay Radio, sex therapy, and we will see you next week. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends, and please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.